Hi guys, you're listening to the Unlucky Frog Gaming Podcast. Uh, you're joined by your usual hosts, uh, Josh Hartley and Ben Porter. Ben, how are we doing? Doing good, yeah. Just um, just uh, had a little sojourn through the kingdom of death. We are, we, we are basking in the glory of victory at the moment uh, with our guest this week, Mark McKinnon of Wreck and Ruin fame. That'll yeah. never get old. <laughs> no. Uh, yeah, outlived me, I think. Yeah, <laughs> that, that's your epitaph. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> uh, so we, we've been playing a bit of uh, Kingdom Death, beat up some creepy lion with human hands. Yep. Weirdo. Uh, and yeah, it's the first time you've played it, though. What, what did you think of it? I like it. I think um, I, li- I like the combat. You got off pretty lightly this time. Yeah, I, so, so you guys keep telling me. Yeah. I don't know. No, you did. <laughs> you definitely did. Um, I, what I will say is the sort of uh, before and after of the combat didn't interest me so much, but I haven't been playing the campaign, so yeah. I'm not as invested in this settlement or these characters. So it'd be it'd be a bit like uh, I guess diving into a D and D campaign with a pre-made character and just being bored out your mind during the investigation part of the session. Yeah. Or even worse, like having uh, having someone stand in for an existing character. Tonight, the part of Grimlock <laughs> will be played by Ted Danson. <laughs> right. yeah. um, but we're, we're, you're gonna, we're, we're going to have a chat wreck and ruin uh, later on as yeah. well, because the Kickstarter is coming up soon. 6th of March. 6th of March. I pushed the big button. Excellent. The, the, is there like do you, do you get like a big Kickstarter button? Like it's like, yeah, like, like the, dinner plate like, size and like you just the hit YouTube it. play button. Yeah, I might actually see if I can get one like some kind of USB powered thing that I can plug into the computer and I can literally just slam it down. Maybe like a celebrity juice kind of make some kind of funny. Funny comment. So, slow mo. No, no, no. The thing to do is to get two that you can only activate with keys and they have to be done in synchrony so you need to get someone else to activate the kickstarter with you three two one done launch like independence day or something yeah yeah Yeah. Uh, or or you could have like you know the dynamite plunger like the old west do you know uh, that that would be awesome as well yeah and just get like yosemite sam yeah, <laughs> from Warner Brothers there as well. Jumping up and down on it. <laughs> I think somebody's missing a trick with all these. U- this is USB accessory gold that we're coming. Well, up do here. you know what? I, I was actually going to say. I remember seeing years ago. This was when I was still at university. You could buy a USB pedal that you could set to close whatever web page you were looking at <laughs> yeah. whenever you hit the pedal. I don't know, I, I mean, obviously, you know, uh, maybe maybe you don't want your partner noticing that you're looking at Amazon trying to buy a gift. Oh, yeah, of course, that, that was immediately yeah, where my head went that, to that's well. where, I think that's where we all went. That's probably... That's the only reason I can think of that they have an incon incognito mode now that's probably Chrome. why it was invented I think I think it yeah. does say that in the description you know to, to protect your buying history from your, your loved ones so that they don't know what they're getting for exactly yeah. that's so, so that you can purpose. surprise them yeah, yeah. exactly so that is, so, so the US, unfortunately the USB pedal has already been taken and I dare say there's uh, other buttons <laughs> of varying <Short> degrees <laughs> Um, the the best ones are USB turret 
that I've seen it fires a little foam darts, <laughs> but uh, I don't think that would go down so well with the management in my office if I rock up with that. You don't know until you try, though. This is true. It depends as if it's like nerf grade, like if you're talking about something that's got like two foot long, like kind of maybe half a kilo each in weight, <laughs> being launched from one end of the room to the other. A cable launcher. <laughs> <laughs> like, never mind the logistics of actually getting a cable up a lift into my office. Yeah, it c- could happen. Could happen. You, or, you know, you could like crane lift it. You know, you know like um, you know, like the old piano lifts that yeah. you saw in the cartoons where they'd like hoist it from the outside and then take it in through a window. Jobs are good. There we go. There we go. That's a bit of premeditated kind office of prank. Yeah. office prank. Office. I, I, I think. It, yeah, it, 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 it's 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 uh, a big upgrade from an office prank. At you that can, point. You kind of lose the element of surprise campaign. though. Yeah, That's when the, the other window problem. comes in. Yeah. 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 What's the cable <laughs> for? Nothing. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, Did you get the memo? Yeah, <laughs> I, I sent the email out. Yeah, come on. I, you didn't respond, so I assumed you were all right with this. Yeah, get on board, guys. Yeah, <laughs> we uh, we 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 digress. Yeah. <laughs> so so uh, Kickstarter is launching um, early March, and yeah. uh, but but just before we get stuck into that, what what have you been up to then since we last had you on the show? A lot more Kingdom Death. Yes. Um, I'm just kind of streamlining my kind of my plans for Kickstarter. Mm-hmm. Just getting kind of everything ready, so all my ducks are in a row that I'm ready to push that button. And mm-hmm. and this is this is to clarify for our listeners the Kickstarter for Wreck and Rune. Yes. Yes. Not the launching of any, any other <laughs> office K- pranks. Cavers. <laughs> yeah. Nukes. USB cables. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So um, I suppose this was going to be our first question, really. So obviously you you did the Kickstarter campaign last year, was it? Yeah, um, October. Yeah, and um, you, you didn't hit your your funding goal, unfortunately. So what is it that you're doing different this time? So I've kind of I've I've learnt from the mistakes and the feedback that I got first time. So the first thing I'm looking at is reducing my funding goal. Mm-hmm. Um, there's kind of three things that they tell you not to do as a kind of first time creator uh-huh. and I did all of them Okay. so the first one is to not have a high funding goal mm-hmm. so I've got that not make anything too complicated kind of did that one as well and not to touch miniatures Okay. So I just went tick 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 <laughs> broke all the, goals, <laughs> broke all the what, rules what was the previous funding goal? 22,000 it was yes pretty high yeah so that was basically the absolute minimum I could get it to based on the manufacturer I was using I kind of worked out everything that wasn't just like a figure you plucked out your head oh no no so I got my manufacturer quote I I got the quote for getting the games Mm -hmm. to the UK and then basically the cost for distribution so all that was built in um, kickstarter fees everything mm-hmm. and I left myself a bit of leeway so the original plan was to leave myself maybe a thousand two thousand to play with but with that 22k I actually worked out about 500 pound right oh. it was my kind of yeah. my margin on there for error mm-hmm. so I didn't really leave myself 
very much, but didn't want to push it that much higher either. Yeah. So how have you been able, I mean, in that case, how have you been able to lower your, your, your funding goal? So what I'm looking at now is I'd originally kind of discounted one of the manufacturers. Mm-hmm. I'd kind of, I'd had a manufacturer in my head going right up to Expo. Mm-hmm. And then what happened was I arranged a meeting with them to discuss, I was I was concerned about my miniatures. Mm-hmm. And because they're Chinese, you know, communication isn't always great. So yeah. I wanted to speak to them and just mm-hmm. kind of just settle my fears a little bit. You know, just assure me that everything yeah. would be okay. And I came out feeling worse oh. than, than when I went in. So I kind of said, right, I'm just going to back away from them just now. And luckily, I'd been speaking to one of the other exhibitors, uh, Grimlord Games. Okay, yeah. Guys that did Endure the Stars and Village Attacks. Mm-hmm. And um, so they were, for Village Attacks, they were changing manufacturer. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'd said, well, I'd be quite interested to see how how they get on. And luckily they had a rep there who came around to see me anyway, gave me his card, and I contacted them. But their quote was quite a bit higher. Uh, Were they based just out of curiosity? Both, both are in China. Right, okay, okay. But the difference in the quotes initially was about $12,000. That's quite a big difference. And then I managed to kind of whittle it down to about $4,000 difference. Okay. So they were still higher, but I was assured these are the guys that made Blood Rage. Right. Yeah, which which that's obviously, a, a, that was a very successful Kickstarter. Yeah, so mm-hmm. purely from a quality point of view, it's like, yeah, I'm paying more, but I know what I'm getting for my money. Yeah. Whereas I could take the lower quote, but I'm not entirely sure how that would pan out. Mm-hmm. So after speaking to the their North American manager, mm-hmm. basically reached out to me uh, just after I put a post on one of the Facebook groups and he said, oh, by the way, have you, have you spoke to us? Have you considered us? And I explained the situation to him and he said, Do you know what? I said, All your fears, you know, completely justified. Mm-hmm. But he basically put it in a way that said, You know, there's really no way of, of proving what a company can do one way or the other until you kind of. You have, basically to, make, said you have to make an informed decision. Yeah. There's no guarantee, is there? He, mm. he said basically they could promise you everything under the sun, um, but it's not until you actually get the product in your hands that you'll know whether that's what you wanted it to be or not so he kind of went through all the things that all my fears and, and said you know well this is what we would look at kind of thing it's uh, unusually open-handed for uh, for someone in his position they do say that honesty is the best policy yeah I no, I, I would agree <laughs> with that but to be fair I mean it was based on that action that he said right do you know what I said I'll, I'll go back I says and I'll get I'll get a new quote for, you know, for the relaunch. So I'm expecting, I've not got it in yet. I'm expecting it to come in after Chinese New Year. Um, that would make sense. Uh, I hear that's a I big deal. I I think. Happy Year of the Dog, by the way. Yeah. I found out I was a, a rooster. I'm a rooster. I, I, am a, I, I am a fire tiger, which sounds badass, it frankly. Does, yeah. I'm, I'm the snake. <laughs> Fire snake though. Fire snake. How do you get fire? I'm just bog standard. Do you know I have I have no idea where the fire part comes from. No, it, it it's I think it, the the uh, cycle the elements as well like like the traditional elements of oh, like yeah. earth wind fire water so 
He's <laughs> like, I didn't get an element with me. <laughs> well, I want to be Rooster. Fire Rooster. Yeah. <laughs> Wind Rooster. <laughs> the sound rude. That's the ones that go on top of the farms, isn't it? Oh, yeah. yeah. The weather vane, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, so I've got to go back to them um, thinking of putting a bit more of my own money in towards right. it as well, just to kind of. I mean, I'm pretty invested in it already. Yeah. With mm-hmm. all the money I've spent to get to this stage. But I think anything that I can do to help reduce that shows that I'm invested in it more. Yeah. You know, you know, from a backer's point of view as mm-hmm. well, to show yeah. that I, I trust in it enough to, to be able to take that, that risk on board myself as well. Yeah, so. that's fair enough. That's fair enough. And so, so what are the feedback did you get from the, the first time around? So there wasn't actually much negative feedback with the campaign itself. So everybody said it was kind of the, the price was right. Um, the mistakes I made, I was a victim of my own experience of Kickstarter, which was I was used to these massive campaigns that were smashing three stretch goals a day. Mm-hmm. So I was used to daily updates. And then it wasn't until I launched my own and because I didn't have that initial momentum, I, yeah. I didn't produce any updates because yeah. I didn't feel like I had anything to anything update. Anything to say, yeah. Yeah, and then it wasn't until Richard the We're Not Wizard said, you know, you need to do something about this, and it made me think, I need to still engage the people that have put their trust in me already, mm-hmm. as well as, you know, rather than just focusing on oh, getting yeah, new people. Yeah, because even, like, cause I, I imagine by that point you had an idea of how things were going, but it's it's still an investment for the future, isn't it? And like even even if this campaign's not going to be a success, I'm going to come back. And it, it I'm sure you know for you it was realizing that those people are going to form the foundation of yeah. whatever you do in the future. So mm-hmm. what happened was kind of halfway through the campaign when I realized that there was no way they were going to fund. I actually messaged everybody that had cancelled their pledge and said look I said it's not going to fund I said but any kind of by having you on board it means one you can keep updated with the you know there was obviously something that brought you in the first place yeah but that also will encourage more people to come in Mm -hmm. so even though it's not going to fund it still means that when I come to launch again I'm in the best possible position so yeah those every single one of those people actually came back that's um, encouraging and some of them came back at a higher pledge than what yeah. they originally came in at that's as well cool. so quite encouraging yeah so one of, one of the things that, that you said just, just just when we were talking about um, about the, the Kickstarter before we before we started recording you'd mentioned to us that the only thing that you were really going to change in a big way was the campaign itself? Yeah. As in the the promotion. Yeah. Uh, leading up to and throughout the 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 Kickstarter campaign. So what what's what's your plan for for round two, as it were? So when I launched last year, actually the original plan was to launch in September. Uh-huh. Um, I had, I think I had two or three games, kind of sitting with reviewers. Mm-hmm. But I actually had no content had came in at that point Uh so I was like I'm not ready to launch and then I felt I launched then a month later and I did have some of that information in but I felt more pressure to launch then because Mm -hmm. if I didn't go at that point I was missing the window until 
after Christmas, after mm-hmm. New Year, when everyone had their money. So I kind of launched then and I kind of had some reviews in, but not a lot of information. Mm-hmm. Whereas this time, I still have all those initial reviews, but there's now two games in the States, there's two in the UK, mm-hmm. and I've basically got, I think I'm going to have eight reviews all hitting we're going to take over the internet basically <laughs> yeah on that synchronized day. yeah yeah so everyone you know everyone says when do you want this to launch and i say you know well if we leave it to till the actual campaign itself mm-hmm. and then the idea is we just everyone gets the information f- through all their different channels mm-hmm. and basically just big tidal wave and i'm hoping that that just Hits Kickstarter. Maybe, maybe even yeah. breaks that little bit. That'd be nice. <laughs> if, if Luke Crane messaged me and said, You're going to have to tell him to calm down a little bit. Then that'd, that'd you've be achieved nice. something. <laughs> yeah. You've yeah. broke you've, you've the internet. Yeah. yeah. Uh, no, good, uh, good stuff. Good stuff. So, uh, and, and obviously, I mean, you, you mentioned one of the three things that you shouldn't do was miniatures. The miniatures are staying there, right? I mean, oh yeah, of we, course. We've talked, we've talked about you, you going to the manufacturers. I, I, I love the, uh, I think the art style of the game really, uh, you know, it sets it it's apart. Like, yeah, the apocalyptic Mad Max vehicular mayhem. Mm-hmm. It's, I don't think you can really do that with meeples. No, so wouldn't it? Yeah, it, it, it would be a bit limp if it was like wooden. <laughs> Like outs of trucks and cars, yeah, googly eyes on the side. Yeah, <laughs> somebody did suggest a while back to in order to reduce my funding goal would be to use standees. Yeah, and I said to be fair, it wouldn't be true to my vision. I don't think the game would have the same visceral impact that it has if I was to to do something like that. Yeah, it might reduce the goal, but mm-hmm. for me, it needs to have those minis in it to to make it feel like it's doing what it's supposed to be doing. Yeah, because... That's the, t- the tactile experience of actually moving that. Well, that, that was that's exactly what I was going to say. You know, in theory, you, you don't need the miniatures. You could just have, like, ca- flat counters on, yeah, a, you could, on a board. Like a war game or that's something. Not good, but it's, you're right, it's not going to have the same impact. Well, you, I've, I've done the, that before, like, where I've been playing Warhammer, and the guy I've been playing... Didn't have no, the models. No, not not going to mention any names. He didn't have the models, so he had a bunch of counters down and placed them, and it was just rubbish. On, I mean, in theory, it's the exact same experience that but, I was having, yeah, but, but it, doesn't feel it, the it same. just didn't feel the same. Because mm-hmm. I've got, I had all my my dwarfs all ready to go in full armor, fighting a bunch of counters. Yeah, running towards yeah. pieces of of cardboard. Yeah, and I, I suppose you, you're right. Like with the sort of old school war games. Uh, like the historical recreations where you know the, the subject's a bit drier like the counters are probably fine but if I'm ramming uh, if I'm ramming an oil tanker yeah I want to pick up a little car and just go and make a ridiculous noise as I'm ramming yeah. it but if you watch the, the the very first video that I got done but the game was by ready steady play mm-hmm. and the the guy there Ben, he's he's going through the rules. Not, he's exp- not me, by the way. He's explaining it, <laughs> and as he's doing that, the other guy is playing with one of the cars, <laughs> and you can see it out the corner of the screen, just going, <laughs> just coming round the corner of the camera. 
<laughs> I mean, I think I think what everyone who does this hobby needs to get comfortable with is the fact that we're all big kids, right? Accept ex- that. Yeah. And your you know your life will be better for it. And, and we, you can we, pick up that car and just go. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> we're we're all big kids, and big kids want to play with toys. Yeah. So let them. Yes. So yeah, every every single expo convention that I've went to, there is somebody that says I am ramming you, and then actually takes the wrecker and just goes, takes <laughs> it off the other car, flips it over, is like ha ha ha, I've actually killed you dead. <laughs> yeah, right. You need that. You need that. That needs to be there definitely. Definitely, yeah. So uh, I mean, uh, I suppose uh, you you're still waiting on that final quote from the manufacturers, but um, are they uh, in terms of look? Are they going to be like different coloured plastics? Because I've seen that done in a few games. Or yeah. are they all going to be painted? Or so the initial, the core game is going to be the same models for each faction mm-hmm. just and different molded in different colors mm-hmm. yeah. so you can you can tell them apart and then the plan from there is with the stretch goals I've already created all the different sculpts mm-hmm. for alternate models yeah, for the, the, other the, the, um, the desert kind of got the little creatures instead of the I would absolutely love that. Yeah. yeah, it was the Desert King that I was playing as uh, for mo- uh, for the games that we've played yeah, as well. So so. For the Desert King, they're scout. All the other factions are scouts or bikes. Mm-hmm. They're on a kind of ostrich style creature. And well, then, we're not going to say the word Tauntaun. <laughs> this no, no, this isn't yeah. an ice planet, this is a desert planet. Yeah. But. but um, yeah, I know, yeah. Yeah, that, that kind of bird. A, a bipedal. Fast thing, I that may smell bad on the outside. Yes. When I <laughs> when I approached the artist, the stuff I actually gave them was if you if you're a fan of Studio Ghibli, mm-hmm. um, he has a lot of films where he has like kind of giant radon birds. Mm-hmm. Yes. So is it? I think it's Nausicaa. That's Valley right. Valley the yeah. Wind, where yeah. the uncle, Patrick Stewart of all people, <laughs> Uncle Patrick. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, he writes about on that, and that, that was one of the pictures that I sent. It said, mm-hmm. "This is the kind of feeling that I'm going I, for." I hear Patrick Stewart rides about on a giant bird in real life. As I was well. going to say, like, I that, believe that, it. that sounds like a great movie. Uncle, <laughs> Uncle Patrick's pterodactyl. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like an Oscar. I, have, I have never wanted to be able to do a convincing impression of Patrick Stewart so much in my life right now. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, there's a game in there I think Mark yeah there we go the Patrick Stewart game yeah. so it'd be kind well, of yeah, like yeah. being John Malkovich but like a board game like being Patrick well no Stewart. I'm picturing I'm picturing a game where it, it, it's an arena battle game featuring like these classic Shakespearean trained actors riding some sort of beast each so you've got Patrick Stewart on his pterodactyl you have Ian McKellen riding some giant lion uh, Okay. No, I, I, I kind of like uh, well why don't we combine the two mm. where it's a, an arena combat game but it's different iterations of Patrick Stewart and yeah. they all fight each other so you got Picard yeah got Picard. oh, Picard's so, going to win that Charles Xavier yeah um, okay. Charles Xavier okay. I did also I can't even remember what it's called now but I did see him in a film where he had like this he was like a conspiracy theory nut and he just yeah. hid in a room all the time and he was 
on his computer. <laughs> you could also have the, you know, the the. the Avery Bullock. Yeah. From American Dad. Yeah, oh yes, yeah. Well, I was course. also thinking the I can't remember the character's name, but the the rich eccentric gay dude, the. Uh, that Fraser Crane. <laughs> that is such a, along. that's such a like a narrow reference, but I've seen that episode yeah. of Fraser. I could picture <laughs> totally who should have done yeah. that. So part. so Fraser Crane wanted to be one half of a power couple. He's always wanted to be that, and the only powerful person <laughs> that ever you know showed interest in was this gay guy. So he strings them along. It was an opera director. Yeah. There yeah, we go. There we go. There we go. So you could have all of these people, like you know, all of these Patrick Stewart's, like duking it out. Can can the expansion though be different actors? Yeah, so we could do like a Brian Blessed expansion. Oh my god, that would be amazing. Yeah. Birdman dive, Gordon's alive. <laughs> I'd I'd like maybe like a Tom Hardy one. So I'd, oh, that would be yeah. I'd have like a Bronson. Bronson versus Bane. Yeah. Like imagine and, that and show. And you could then. have like um, Alfie Solomon's as well, <laughs> jumping in there. And then like the two crazes, like just tag teaming people. That would genuinely be quite scary to watch. <laughs> it's like the, 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 I've never just seen. Just realising here, Tom, Tom Hardy plays a lot of gangsters, doesn't he? Plays a lot of psychopaths. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then you you could have Sean Bean, where all the characters just die. But they, <laughs> they say they say bastard a lot. Well, bastard. Bastard! <laughs> I, I watched, um, you know how when they do that, they do the Cats Does Countdown? Yes. And um, they did one, and I can't remember, I don't even know who the guy was, but you know how they have like um, somebody that sits with that woman, the boring woman with the dictionary? <laughs> I, I forget her name as well, but yes, yeah, yeah the, the, lady with the, the lady with the dictionary. <laughs> yeah, so this guy sat next to her and he played Sean Bean for the whole episode so he sat there with like a giant fur coat on and he said right says I want you to name the film I'm in and he said right <laughs> give me a film where you die and he said which one and he says right the one where you get the plague which one he's like the one where he basically just went which one yeah because <laughs> like he just does the same thing in like every film <laughs> He does it so well, though. He dies. He dies brilliantly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think it's, I, I read on the internet somewhere on average Sean Bean dies every two point seven years. Or <laughs> Do something you know what? Like though, that. I, I, I've actually just realised that having having Sean Bean in this arena combat game will break it. Boromir. Boromir was pretty good. Well, actually, because actually, show no. up. Sharp is a pretty handy fighter as well. I mean, he survived like Come several on. wars. He was in equilibrium. He could do his gun <laughs> Again, really narrow <laughs> reference that. Um, do we know everybody's seen Equilibrium? It's was that pre- not one that was is Matrix that, before the Matrix? Was that not one of the Uwe Ball films? It was him and Christian Bale. Yeah, kind of. Uh, we're going back a little bit. Yeah, about, Christian Bale before his wanky phase. Yeah, before Terminator Salvation. So when was that? <laughs> That's what I was gonna say. <laughs> that, that was, Terminator Salvation was the turn point for him, wasn't it? Or well, the whole fiasco with the lights and the eyes. Yeah, so I, he was alright until that point. American Psycho is a good film. Yeah, and and the Batman's. Although he he, he needs. I mean, everyone's made the cough syrup joke with yeah. 
with that Batman. He, he, he is still the best Batman. Probably. I mean, well, if, I if, mean you're not, I, if you're not counting <laughs> like animated series and things like that. What about Adam West? Well, <laughs> well, yeah, he'll always have a special place in our hearts, but. It's a very different type of Batman. It was a different type. <laughs> yeah. Simpler time. Simpler time, yeah. Uh, the, Speaking yeah. of Batman... Yes. Um, the Batman board game mm-hmm. is launching soon, isn't it? Mm-hmm. February. And soon. there's a Kickstarter exclusive. Yes. What, what, what do we think of that, Mark? Well, the first issue is I do believe it comes in at a hefty price tag yeah um, I'm hearing it's hitting close to it's a lot of miniatures 200 yeah kind Ooh. of round about that figure and the fact that it's Kickstarter exclusive is both good and bad uh-huh. I think um, it's good and it rewards people that use the Kickstarter platform but we also have to look at supporting the whole kind of ecosystem that we have for board games so we need to have our game stores to find mm. out about new games meet people one, events yeah, and all that one can't exist without the other yeah absolutely it's, it's alright saying yeah I'll make a game that's kickstarter exclusive but then if you don't have if there's no shops then that literally is your only channel for selling yeah so yeah you know there's no reason why a game like the Batman game for instance that is going to do well irrespective of whether it's exclusive or not yeah so I expect their biggest expense is the Batman license itself rather than the miniatures yeah probably yeah. Mm. because they're, they're saying that it has to be Kickstarter exclusive because they're saying that they're trying to use the the Kingdom Death philosophy, like philosophy yeah. that this would be too expensive to put into shops but Conan went to retail and I've heard from quite a few people that have played Batman that it's, the it's, same. it's just, it's a, the same it's just a reskin yeah. <laughs> pretty much so and I heard that Conan didn't do too well though when it hit retail so that might no be. it didn't and anywhere I've seen it it's because the RRP was 90 and I think everywhere's selling it for about 50 now they're just trying to get rid of it yeah I think the trouble is though everyone who's going to buy Conan got in on the Kickstarter well that, that right. that's the issue with Kickstarter as well that by the time it reaches retail have you already gone through the majority of your market at that stage yeah is there enough information for that game then to stand out on the shelves in a shop Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, the, I suppose with games like Gloomhaven, there's obviously a huge demand for that out with the Kickstarter. Yeah. Because not everyone hears about it Definitely, through Kickstarter. Yeah. Uh, games like Seventh Continent as well, that's another one they've said that they're not going to put out in shops. And I know it, a lot of people that would like to play it but just can't because they missed out. So it's it, it, it's a tricky one. But I, I mean, I, we, we've, we've talked about this at length, haven't we, Josh? And it's. Yeah, you, 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 whenever you can, I think you do need to have an option for retailers. Yeah, mm-hmm. Kickstarter. If you if you're offering something special, like I'm going to give you Seventh Continent, the box is made from eighteen karat gold, <laughs> and the cards are inlaid. <laughs> they're encrusted with diamonds. Yeah, the you cards know. are made of money. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah, I'm. 
No, I, and I agree with that. I, I, we, we've kind of got a couple of axes to grind about Kickstarter because there's a whole like Kickstarter exclusive thing. Are you really helping the hobby in general by like cutting out the local gaming store? But the, the the other thing for me is like there's a lot of these guys like kill like, like again we we keep picking on Kill Mini or not, but you know. Th- Surely they're at the point where they're too big for Kickstarter now. Oh, definitely. Do they, do, it would be like if Fantasy Flight or they, Games they, Workshop. They must have made a, a, at least ten million. Clear. I do want to. I'm gonna write a blog post about this, but yeah. I need to do a bit of research first. Yeah. But I do want to get but some exact the, figures on what they're on, like how their company is doing. There are general things that we can assume that there is an economy of scale. Now I know that there is a limit to that, uh-huh. but you know with those numbers, then the unit cost will come down. So I mean, the more backers they have on board, the less it costs to make each yeah for each one. unit. Yeah. yeah, well, yeah, that's how wholesale works, isn't it? Like the more you buy of something, the the cheaper the manufacturer yeah. makes it for so, you. So I believe by the time you hit, I think it's around about ten thousand units. That's you kind of bottom dollar. You can't get. You know that's you maxed out at your your scale, but at that point, you know, I'm sure even at the start they've got to be making sufficient money, even with, you know, all your stretch goals. They're all planned out in advance. Yeah. yeah. You know, like when I when I planned my stretch goals, my stretch goal was literally the amount of additional money I would need to get to that point. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. So if it cost me five thousand pound for a new mold. Yeah. Then my next stretch goal is five thousand pound away. Right. Whereas, that makes sense. Whereas theirs are like an extra fifty thousand dollars and will add an extra two cards into the game. Which is nothing. Which costs like five cents. Yeah. yeah. It could have cost fifty thousand pounds worth of development. Now <laughs> I I have an issue with another company that uses Kickstarter which I don't really think necessarily has to but my reason for not liking it is slightly different so I'm talking about I just need to check actually I'm talking about the right company before I slag them so I think it's Soda Pop, the guys that do Super Dungeon Explore Oh yeah, super yeah the super dungeon explore that that's that, the sort of anime yeah, yeah. it's got really, really cool miniatures for it very yes. unique yeah. but, but yes the issue for me is I I backed the game and they they use the Kickstarter post funding as a way of beta testing it oh right so, that's a bit backward isn't it yeah yeah so they're, they're sending me updates saying oh check these rules based on the feedback this is what we've changed whereas for me I go into Kickstarter with that already you know <laughs> I'm never getting money to make the product yeah. or Re- to develop Re- it remember, remember when you bought a game and it was finished yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> I, su- I suppose that's a bit of a tricky one because I, I backed the uh, song of Ice and Fire I mean <laughs> I'm it's maybe a bit hypocritical with me bashing cool mini or not but for me there's a big difference between that and the board games they've made in that it, it is a living game it's yeah. you know you, you can expand your army units they're going to add units mm-hmm. in the future it's, it's a living system so uh, as as far as from my point of view uh, that 
that's the difference between their other games is that this is something that the retailers can fully support you can do organized play all of that but what, so one of the th- I say that to say one of the things they do in their updates is every so often they post the rules for the units and then people give feedback based on mm-hmm. whether they think something's too yeah. powerful so or whatever I'm all for feedback part of the thing you need to do as a designer is listen to feedback take, mm-hmm. take it on board because ultimately that information is given to you because somebody their genuine desire is for you to improve your mm. game so yeah if, if people didn't care they wouldn't say anything exactly so. so I mean it is worthwhile to have feedback but you've got to have a reasonable something to start with yeah, yeah. no absolutely I absolutely. suppose that that's the difference is that Song of Ice and Fire that's going to be it's, a, ready. It's, a, it's a living rule set so it's going to be updated all the time. Yeah, it's not yeah. like uh, Super Dungeon Explore, which is it's it's a board game. Should be a finished. Product. It should be finished. Yeah. Well, we could we could probably talk about our uh, <laughs> gripes with Kickstarter for the rest of the night, but um, w- w- it is time to draw this episode to a close. But just before we we finish off, Mark, just remind our listeners. Uh, when do they need to look at uh, Kickstarter for and um, look out for Wreck and Ruin? 6th of March, 7pm, the button's being pressed. Excellent. On the Facebook page, I actually have an event running, so I'll actually be live, and they can literally watch me push whatever fake button yes. <laughs> that we do. I love so, it. I love it. Yeah. And we will probably see you at Aircon. Yeah, I'll be at Aircon just yeah. a few days after launch. So if there's anyone out there that has seen the game on Kickstarter but hasn't played it and is a bit curious about it, then they can come see me at that and they can see what all the fuss is about. Yeah, and Mark's the guy with the steampunk goggles. I've, I've lost. I, I lost. Oh them. no! Oh. <laughs> I still got the arm. I still, okay. I still got my armor. Um, Mark is the guy get... in the black stooky. Yeah, <laughs> I'll get new goggles. I've yeah. got new goggles. So. Anyway, uh, guys, uh, from us at uh, Unlucky Frog, have a good night and thank you very much for listening. Cheerio, bye. Bye. We are Unlucky Frog Gaming and I am Ben. Be sure to follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Just search for Unlucky Frog Gaming. You can also show your support by giving us money through the Unlucky Frog Patreon and be sure to check out our website unluckyfrog.com to find out more. Mm-hmm.